morning. Thank you for joining this morning. The practice of being aware of awareness. So the first awareness that's kind of helpful is to notice where attention is right now. Because attention's always on something. It's always tasting. It's always orienting to something. It's just the nature of attention. And immediately, we can see that something sees attention. That's not the whole of what we are because we can watch attention go out. We can watch it be up on thoughts or out on sounds or down in the body. So we just notice where is attention? There's an airplane flying overhead. It had been on the bird sounds, and now it's on the airplane. And I can watch as attention kind of traces it from left to right, the sound from where it's coming. I can watch his attention kind of tastes the, the end of that sound as it dissolves out. So the practice of being aware of awareness is developing the habit of noticing where attention is and then bringing it back inward facing. But to do that, we can use anything. And perhaps this morning we use the sound of the birds. So we just open to the sound of the birds. We really tune into them.
We just allow awareness to really get a sense of the of those sounds. We're gonna say that all the sounds are welcome, right? So if it's the sounds of the birds and traffic, birds and voices, it's all welcome. So even though we're tuning into the sound of the birds, what we can begin to pay attention to is the welcome, is the acceptance, which is a quality of awareness. Nothing gets turned away. It's all accepted. So we can notice that not only are all the sounds accepted, but if we really get curious and pay attention, we can see that there is no capacity to reject in awareness. There's there's no rejection mechanism. There's no countervailing force that could push against something. Just the opposite. Every single thing is welcome. is accepted, is allowed. So even though we're paying attention to the sound of the birds, we're using them to 
reflect back on the awareness. And that innate quality of unconditional acceptance. Whatever arises is accepted. Whatever falls away is accepted. And there's another word for this, in addition to acceptance. And that is love. We wonder what love is. This is what love is. It is the inherent, continual, unconditional acceptance of what is. No terms or conditions. No capacity to reject. Just open, ongoing allowance. We notice that awareness is in a constant, perpetual state of acceptance. It's its nature.
and as such, there simply is not a capacity for judgment. Awareness does not have the capability to hold one thing, compare it to another, and then pick one over the other, or prefer one over the other. Open, empty, spacious, unconditional allowance. And you can check to see if there's any story. Does awareness claim some credit? <laughs> Is it telling itself some, hey, doing pretty good today. Look at me, allowing everything. Is there any story whatsoever? Is there even a hint of one? Every story inherently involves duality. And awareness does not see two. It, it allows the seeing of two, if that's what's arising. But awareness itself, totally with whatever arises, you could say it's merged with it. Is there, and you find the line between hearing the birds and the sound of the birds. Mind will make that distinction. And we can talk like that if it's helpful. But if we look at our direct experience, where is the you that hears end and the bird that sings begin? We don't go to memory, we don't go to the past, we don't go to anything we've learned. We just look at our direct, immediate experience. Are there divisions or demarcations or partitions between what arises and what 
they rise to. Is it not one seamless arising? Energy expressing, turning on, turning off, turning up, turning down. In this one unified field of expression. So we notice mind's going to continue to offer labels. So when we notice the label, and then we intend to drop the label. What's left? What's still there? What's our direct experience? We can notice that the open, welcoming, non-judgmental nature of awareness is what is. And it is that way with all that is, for as long as it is. total freedom of expression. So I'll read a quote from Ramana Maharshi. Sense perceptions can only be 
indirect knowledge, not direct knowledge. Only one's own awareness is direct knowledge, as is the common experience of one and all. No aids are needed to know one's own self, capital S, that is, to be aware. The one infinite unbroken whole becomes aware of itself as I. This is its original name. All other names, for example, Om, are later growths. Liberation is only to remain aware of the self. Though the eye is always experienced, yet one's attention has to be drawn to it. Only then does knowledge dawn. Thus the need for the instruction of the Upanishads and of wise sages. So we've talked about the qualities, we looked at qualities of awareness. And while that non-rejection mechanism, non-judgment mechanism is not a quality of the mind, of the program of the conditioning, It is a quality of what knows the program, knows the conditioning. Here's the mind. And that's what we are. You can't separate yourself from awareness. You can just have a more constricted sense of self arise to you awareness. Mm -hmm. 
in you awareness. And that sense of self comes and goes. It's not constant. So can you separate yourself from awareness? Can awareness separate itself from the limited sense of self when it arises? So liberation, Ramana tells us, is only to remain aware of the self, to remain aware of what's aware. Though the eye is always experienced, yet one's attention has to be drawn to it. And that's why any object can allow us to remain aware of the self. That's where self-inquiry comes in. To whom does the, do these sounds arise? By what are they known? Just a very simple drawing of one's attention inward allows that moment of liberation. And only then does knowledge dawn. So no matter how lost one is in experience, if the intention is to know yourself, 
and self-inquiry is practiced with that intention and that intention only. Attention will be drawn to the presence of your true nature, awareness, knowingness, presence. I mean, none of those words are it, but they all point to our most essential experiential knowing, which is I am, I exist. We can come back to that, rest in that, recognize that. And as we keep attention on that, that which we have previously energized with our attention, the temporary, we can notice in our direct experience starts to dissolve, starts to soften starts to become revealed as unreal. Unreal meaning doesn't have its own source of existence. Isn't in the same state or condition. All times, all places, all circumstances. It's the changeful. They call it, that's why they call it the illusion. It has the illusion of being real and solid, continuous, permanent. And it is revealed to be none of those things. And mind is constantly 
either attaching to or rejecting the temporary. Kind of in an effort to like establish itself. But that movement, those temporary thought forms can be seen by that which is always here. And the identification mechanism that just plays is undermined every time we ask what sees that, what knows that, whatever the that is, whether it's arising internally or externally, seemingly. As Ramana says, sense perceptions can only be indirect knowledge, not direct knowledge. Only one's own awareness is direct knowledge, as is the common experience of one and all. No aids are needed to know one's own self, that is to be aware. And maybe we just look right at that innate capacity to know you are aware. What is that? Where is that? So we look right at this inner confirmation that we get instantly when we're asked, are you aware? Is there a sense that it's in the head? In the heart? In the throat? In the belly? Where is it? Is it locatable? So maybe we just take a second because we all know that it is here. It's the common experience of one and all, one's own awareness. So we, we, maybe we start at the bottom. Is it in the feet or the ankles? The calves, the shins, the knees, the thighs, the hips, the torso, the belly, the ribs, the chest. We're just using our inner looking to see if this, this knowingness that I am, this sense of our own awareness, this confirmation, is it in either the right or the left arm? And the hands? 
back up to the shoulders, the sternum, maybe like behind the clavicles, up to the neck and the throat, the jaw, the teeth, the tongue, the mouth, the nose, the cheeks, the eye sockets, the ears. Do we find this capacity there? The eyeballs, the, the forehead, top of the head, back of the head, crown. So can you confirm in your direct experience that best you can figure, this is a non-local awareness. Can you confirm that? You can't find the location, the locale. Is your own direct knowing of your awareness local or non-local? So we've checked all three dimensions, right? It's not a dot, it's not a line. And it was nowhere in this 3D, three-dimensional reality of a body. this sense of knowing that you are, that awareness is present. Another way of saying it is, it's not something we know with the senses. The senses are kick-ass at these three dimensions, right? The dot, the line, and the, the, the three-dimensional depth and width and height. Height. But we don't use the senses. This innate knowingness operates outside of the senses. Does it not? Maybe we do another little experiment. If your eyes aren't closed, maybe you just close your eyes. See if that sense of awareness is still here. So you don't need your eyes. Maybe you close your ears if you can imagine that. No sound at all. Is that sense of awareness still here? Your own sense of awareness right here, right now. You can empirically invalidate that. 
excuse me, you can empirically validate that. You can invalidate the proposition that you need hearing or seeing to know awareness. So if we took away your sense of touch, does that have any impact on your knowing? And likewise with taste and smell. So the senses aren't needed to experience awareness. Because awareness is non-local. It's not in any of the three dimensions that the senses can know. I remember when I first heard about being aware of awareness, I remember just thinking, yes, yeah, so <laughs> what's the big deal? <laughs> like, where's the good shit? You know, when does that make everything that ever bothered me go away? You know, how does that relieve my suffering? That's what I was in it for. perfectly noble motivation. But the more one contemplates awareness, like, what is it? Yes, we are aware of it. That awareness is given. Like, and so look at that for a second. Are you doing the awareness of awareness? Are you just like the special one that's aware? Like, did you learn it? Is it some technique? Does it involve a degree or a certification or training? Is there any you at all in this awareness of awareness? Is there anything personal about it? Like this is Anne's awareness of awareness and then there's fill in your name, awareness of awareness. Can you take a look and see if there is anything personal about the you that we imagine ourselves to be, the personality, that localized body-mind expression with all of its, you know, quirks and gorgeous little perfect imperfections that makes the you, is there anything personal about the awareness of awareness that you have the direct experience of? 
And again, are you doing it? So to test this out, there's a sense of a you that's doing it. Just stop being aware of awareness for a second. Pause it. Turn it off. Just suspend it for a moment or two. You can have it back when we're done. Mind believes the you is primary and awareness is one of your faculties, one of your attributes, one of your capacities. So if it is, that would mean you would have dominion or control over it. You are the master clicker operator and you could turn it on or turn it off, turn it up or turn it down. But we notice we can't mute awareness. We can't hit the pause button. And that's because we are awareness. You cannot separate yourself from awareness. You tried to rip yourself, tear yourself, somehow separate yourself from awareness. Could you do it? So is there anything about this awareness that's flavored with a you? And you look right at it. It's that paradox. You can't separate yourself from it but there's no you in it. There's no you coloring. There's not even a you frame that awareness is in.
just awareness. So can you confirm in your direct experience that awareness is impersonal, not personal to a you, a you that then has dominion or control over it. But awareness is actually revealed to be impersonal. It's not to say a sense of you can't arise in awareness, but is that sense of you in whatever complexion it's presenting, is that constant? Is that primary? Or is that like a slow, slow plane overhead? It's here sometimes. Let's itself be known, and then other times it dissolves out of the primary, the real awareness. The real meaning always here, always present, in the same state and condition, under all circumstances, all times and places, all dimensions, dimensionless. Timeless, real, true. So while we're focused on it, let's just look again. What exactly is awareness? What's it made of? Can you get any sense of that? Is there any sum or substance to it? Like, what can you say about awareness that you know to be true?
could say something like awareness is. But notice I can't finish that. It's not awareness is hot, awareness is cold, awareness is pokey, awareness is smooth. It's qualityless. It's transparent. It's formless, substanceless. The empty that never gets filled. The fullness that's always empty. I mean, you could kind of talk in riddles a bit, right? Pointing to its presence and its attributelessness. So you could talk in terms of lack of attributes, but you can't affirmatively ascribe attributes to it. And what is it? Is it an activity? No, because activities come and go, right? Activities need a doer to do them. You could describe it as here. Could you not? Likewise, we could use the word now. And again, the verb is. I'll read this one more time. Maharshi, sense perceptions can only be indirect knowledge and not direct knowledge. Only one's own awareness is direct knowledge, as is the common experience of one and all. No aids are needed to know one's own self capital S, 
i.e. to be aware. The one infinite unbroken whole becomes aware of itself as I. This is its original name. All other names, for example, own, are later growths. Liberation is only to remain aware of the self. Though the eye is always experienced, yet one's attention has to be drawn to it. Only then does knowledge dawn. Thus the need for the instruction of the Upanishads and of wise sages. And that concludes our hour.